Welcome to Rad Reading, a bookish podcast where the R stands for Refresh and the D stands for Discover, and where we try to help you do those two things for your reading life. I'm Ronnie Lauren, a best-selling romance author who likes her reading life to be big on variety and full of complicated characters. And I'm Dawn Alexander, an indie editor who never met a whodunit she didn't want to solve or an intricate plot she didn't want to untangle. We are two very different readers, but two very good friends who love to talk books. Join us as we tackle reading roadblocks, give our best bookish tips, and of course, recommend all the great reads that have kept us turning the pages that week. Let's get started. Welcome back to Rad Reading. I'm Ronnie. And I'm Dawn. And today is one of our Reading Why episodes. So since we're in December, we thought we would be themed and we are going to talk about bookish gifts. Yes, because it is that time. It is the shopping time. And we know it's really, really hard to buy um, for people that are bookish sometimes because knowing what book they would like or what their reading taste is different from yours, what to buy, um, it can be a bit of a challenge. I know I'm hard to buy for, for somebody to buy a book for me, they have to really, 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 really know me. And that's, you know, very few people know my book taste that well. Dawn could do it. but my husband couldn't. <laughs> Dawn managed to buy a cookbook that Ronnie didn't own. It was very exciting. Yes. It's quite a feat, quite a feat. So yeah, Dawn, Dawn is one of the few people in the world who could probably buy a book for me that a, I don't own and that I would actually like. Um, but we wanted to kind of go over not just how to buy books for people, but you know, some tips on what to do with, if you can't buy the book for them, other bookish things that they might like and, you know, give them joy during the holiday season. So Dawn, do you enjoy like the holiday shopping and buying for people and all of that jazz? Um, I <laughs> shopping. Uh, um, I I like if I know the person. I don't like giving gifts just to give a, give a gift. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't. I don't like being like, okay, I'm giving everyone candles this year mm-hmm. because not everybody like can likes candles. So I want the gift to have meaning which drives my husband a little bit crazy, especially when the kids were little and he was like, just buy them a toy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want the gifts to have meaning and represent like, I know you and we have a relationship and I know, took the time to think about what you would like. And I feel the same way about the gifts I get. Mm -hmm. I want something that shows that person paid attention to me and thinks about me. So it can be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, a thoughtful gift is tough. Yeah, it is a challenge. I am gift giving is not my love language. So you know how they have the five love languages or whatever gift giving would be my number five of the five. Cause I just, and it's not that I don't like, you know, people having joy from gifts. It's nothing like that, but I feel like I don't know what to get people. I feel like, I don't know. I'm just, I just get stuck really easily because my love language is acts of service. So if I've baked you cookies, I love you. Like that's my sign. So if I make you something Um, or if I cook a dinner for you or something like that, um, do you a favor or give you some sort of experience, you know, like I, I'd get a gift certificate for like a massage or something like that's more of my gift style. Um, but an actual gift gift, I'm the person who's like going to buy the candle. Cause I'm like, I don't know what the hell to get this person, (laughs) you know? So, um, so I have a lot of trouble during the holiday season and I have no bookish people in my life besides my writer friends, like my family, they're not bookish. So most of that, I don't have to worry about buying books for other people. Um, But my son is very hard to buy gifts for in general. So he's my big challenge of, he wants, you know, he wants me to know him in such a specific way that like, I don't just want a NASCAR diecast car. I want the 
2020, this guy with this paint scheme. And I should know that even though there's a hundred magically, yes. (laughs) Like he expects me to be a mind reader. So, um, gift giving is stressful for me, but, um, luckily my husband is the same way. So we haven't gotten each other gifts for any holiday in 15 or 20 years. Um, we exchange cards and that's it. So see, that is just crazy to me because it's hard, but I'm still doing it. Like we still, I still need something to open. No, I don't. And he, neither does he. So it works out really well. Apparently we should get married. We're, we're pretty good together. (laughs) You should probably keep him. Yes. Right. But, um, we're both into words of affirmation. That's one of the other love languages. So a card to me is a word of affirmation. You know, it's how much I love you and how I appreciate you and everything. And then we tell each other, we appreciate that. We don't like gifts (laughs) because it's like, (laughs) thank you. I didn't have to go and worry about and stress this. Now, if I come across something at a non-holiday that I'm like, he would love this you know, something random, like I'll buy it it, arbitrarily. It doesn't have to be attached to a holiday. So, you know, but if you're listening and you want to buy gifts, because we all have to buy gifts, even if we are gift giving language lover people or not, um, what do you do if you have a bookish friend or family member and you really want to get them a book, um, but you're not sure what to get them? So Dawn, what's our first category of reading person you're going to buy for? Well, the easiest thing, of course, is to just get a gift card. Sure. Just Barnes and Noble, Amazon, any of those things. Easiest thing is if you don't know a whole lot about their taste, you don't know exactly what they would like, what they want to read, that kind of thing. Um, Getting a gift card works really well. Yeah. And I'll say as a person who's hard to buy for with books, that's my favorite thing to get. Get me a a gift card that I can buy books with and I'm a happy camper no matter what. So it doesn't feel impersonal to me. It feels like this person wants me to get what I want. So yes. Well, and it takes away that guilt. And Mm -hmm. we've talked before about, um, you know, sometimes buying books becomes a low priority because you've got other things. It takes away the guilt of, well, I'm spending money on something I may like, or I may not like I'm Mm -hmm. taking away that risk, but it's no, I have this pretty little card that says go find something new. So, right. And if you have somebody who, you know, who, if you gave them like an Amazon card, they wouldn't spend the money on them for books. Give them one that requires it. Give them a Barnes and Noble gift card, give them an independent bookstore gift card, because then they have to get books for themselves instead of saying, Oh, I'm just going to use this Amazon card and buy my groceries or buy the kids something. Um, So if you have one of those people in your life, because you know, there are many people like that. Then you give them one that, oh, well, I have to buy it for books. It's for Barnes and Noble. So obviously I need to do this. (laughs) But how about if you know somebody's taste enough that you know what books they like in general, and you know what authors they love. So how can you buy for those people? Well, if you know what if they're talking about like, this is my most favorite book ever, you can always go to Amazon or some other bookseller and look at what is similar to that or look at other books by that same author, look at the also bots, mm-hmm. which sometimes those work, sometimes those don't. Yeah, it, it can get mixed up. For me, if you look at an also bot for a big bestseller, they're not as accurate because so many people will buy Gone Girl, for instance, when it was the big book that they crossed over all kinds of taste. But if your dad only reads, I don't know, Clive Cussler or David Baldacci or whatever those thriller writers are, then if you go to their, I, I don't read them. So I call it, it's like, dude, so impressed she just pulled She's, those names out. I'm so excited. 
it's because I see all the dads with those books. It's like dad thriller books. It's a genre. <laughs> yes. So but, I mean, they should have their own shelf. Dad totally, thriller books. Totally. But if you go to the also bots, um, in those, you'll get a little bit more accuracy. And when you're on Amazon, make sure it's not that first line of books. Cause usually that's the suggested stuff, but that is actually paid advertising. And those aren't always accurate on your taste. So if you go to the also bots, which are usually scrolling down a little further, that's the actual algorithm that tracks what people buy also when they buy this book. So that's a really good way. If you at least know enough about them that, you know, authors and books to look up, um, to see. So, well, and then when you look on that same thing, you can look at the reviews and see one, you can see if any of the reviews say, oh, this author reminded me of this, or this book felt like it had the same energy as this. And so you can kind of get some ideas there, but you can also look at, like we talked about in our last episode with reading the reviews and how to find the things that you like, you can also look at the keywords that jump out of this book is twisty and exciting and plot driven. And so if you're looking at another book that you are thinking about buying, you can look and see if it has the same similar descriptions. Right. Like probably if you looked up Dark Matter by Blake Crouch and The Martian by Andy Weir, you would probably find words in common. So those kinds of things can, you know, cross over and help you out. But um, also, if you find those authors that say, you know, your dad likes James Patterson and don't go buy him a James Patterson book, because if a person loves an author and Don, I know you have, um, we're going to talk about this later about somebody who only reads one author, but if you, they already have those books and they already know they're there. Um, yeah. So you want to find somebody similar and maybe get them the first in a series um, of another author like that. So they can get lost in another long series. Um, yes. So, which brings us to <laughs> the issue of what if you have that person who only reads one author or one series? When this is my husband and I love him. I love him <laughs> dearly. Um, his two worlds are Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series, which um, we have been watching the Amazon show when we do our next Read, Watch, Listen episode. I'm going to have all sorts of opinions <laughs> on that. And uh, Glenn Cook's The Black Company. Mm-hmm. And those books have been in our house every minute of our marriage. Those are exactly what he reads. And I feel like I'm trying to get a three-year-old to try a new dish. <laughs> right. Because I feel like I'm going, hey, you like the chicken nuggets. See, you like the chicken nuggets. Why don't you take a bite out of the fried chicken over here? Because every time I'm like, no, you would love this book. He's like, "Uh uh-huh. And goes back and picks up the exact same other ones Mm -hmm. that he's read over and over and over. See, that's so interesting to me since I'm not a rereader. Like I can imagine getting lost in a series. I mean, I do that. But like going back and just sticking with the same one and reading over and over, like there's so many books in the world. We, we only live like a hundred years at the most, if we're lucky, there's so many books to read. We don't have time for that. Right. Right. And that's, right. and I'm like, really, if you just, if you would just open this one, just, just right. read the first chapter, just take three bites. That's all you got to do. <laughs> and yes, so far I have failed. I have failed so yeah. bad. So if you have that person who is not going to budge, um, maybe look for a special edition of one of the books um, by that author or even a signed copy. A lot of times at, you know, independent bookstores, they'll sell copies that have been signed. Um, so look for something that would be, you know, 
they don't have to reread that one. They have their beat up old copy. This will be the one they keep on their shelf. Um, and then the other kind of trick you could possibly do is if that author has written in an anthology with other authors, then you could give it, yes, then you could give it to them and say, hey, this has a story by your favorite, favorite person. And maybe, maybe they will read the other stories too and find some new authors that are similar. So it's a little bit of a, a trick, but I don't, you know, they might just read that story and then be done, but you still got them a gift. So, you know. Well, and I have a story for us about getting a special edition of that, that special book mm -hmm. because um, my son wanted a Spiderwick book. Mm -hmm. I suddenly cannot remember who wrote Spiderwick, but we will put it in the show notes. <laughs> right. Um, he wanted a Spiderwick book and he had asked for it for Christmas from his grandparents and they had bought him like the, I can read along Spiderwick <laughs> version mm -hmm. that was like, it was a children's version. He was like 12. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't know what to do with this. I sent them like the direct Amazon link and I ended up with this. So I don't know what to do. <laughs> so I like searched out and found, and it's this gorgeous book. It's illustrated of all the creatures in Spiderwick. It's this beautiful, beautiful book. And I was so excited because I'd found it and mm -hmm. I got it and it arrived at the house and I opened the box and I laid it on the bed and I went to the bathroom and in about three minutes, I heard my son knocking on the bathroom door saying, mom, there's a book on your bed <laughs> because I'd left it out. In, it was like four days before Christmas. Oh, I left no. it out in full view sitting right there. Bad dawn. <laughs> he had come into the room looking for me. And I was like, yes, there's a book on my bed. And so when I came out, he's all, so can I have it? Are you going to wrap it and put it under the tree? Or can I just have it? Like, as he's like holding it to his chest. Right, right. Like, can I just, and so I ended up having to get it too early. He still loved it. He yeah. still was very, very excited by it. But I had just that moment of, really? Like, yeah. you didn't put a blanket over it or anything, Dawn. Really? Well, sometimes you just have to go to the bathroom. So, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you, just, you just got to take that moment. So, yeah. so yes. Yeah, so my, the moral of the story is when you find that special edition, hide it until right. it is time to give it to the proper recipient. Right. And another option too, for those authors who are sticking with one series or one author is look for nonfiction books that might be related to the theme of the books they're reading. So if they're reading like spy thrillers, you know, get them a book about the CIA or the history of the CIA or something. Um, or they only read sci-fi, maybe you get them a book about some historic moment in spaceflight history or behind the scenes of making a movie they loved. Um, anything that can deepen their experience with that book or series or author that they love. I mean, think about Harry Potter fans and Twilight fans and how much other stuff besides the books ended up being part of that you know, world. So look for those things because a lot of times the series and authors that they're hooked on are really big series and authors. It's rarely like some obscure author. Um, so there's a stuff out there, but how about Dawn, if you really, really know someone's taste, um, you can make it personal. You said you like making your things personal. So what's a way that you could do that, that, you know, you're going to let they're like, like the book, but how can you make it even a little bit more special? 
Well, I love the idea of we go to these conferences and they have book baskets. Mm -hmm. And so they'll have the book and then they'll have all the little stuff in there that goes with it. And so I love the idea of you get the book and then you've got like a blanket that goes that's similar to it, or there's, you know, hot chocolate involved, all of these things that can make their reading experience all cozy. Yeah. And I think what's really nice too, is if you, I mean, I'm a writer, so maybe this is just a me thing, but if you write a note to them that says, I know you love this book and that book or this author and that author. So I think this book would really work for you because of these things. So it shows that you put a lot of thought into it, that you chose this book specifically for them. Um, and that personalized recommendation is like their own little shelf talker. You know, the little, when you go to the bookstore and they have the shelf talkers of people who would like this, mm-hmm. would like this and the tan written. I think it's a really nice touch that you can, cause you know, a book isn't expensive. You're just giving a small gift, but I think saying like, Hey, I picked this book, especially for you because of these reasons um, can make it an extra special thing. So well, and that's something that can stay tucked in the book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you find that later and it's like, oh, this was for me. They actually thought about me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I would like to receive that too. So, you know, I, I usually give gifts that I would like to receive <laughs> so, to my self-centeredness, I guess. Um, but if you want to give um, books, but you're worried that they've already read them or they already own them, because sometimes you're not sure. Um you can get creative. So I thought about, I was brainstorming things that you can do. And one of the things I thought about was going kind of with that personalized note is you could give them a list of books, like a handwritten list or typed up, you know, if you're fancy with graphic design or something, um, that's like five books I think you'll love. And then you slip that into a gift with other items. So mm-hmm. like you tuck in the list with a pretty bookmark or a candle that Dawn doesn't want to get, um, or that gift card to the bookstore, you know, so that, it feels thoughtful and personal, but you won't risk getting them something that they already have. So it would be like, Hey, I know you like these authors and stuff, but these are five books that I read this year that I think you would absolutely love. Um, and here's a gift card that you can choose those, or you can choose something of your own, you know? Um, but it, it makes it a little bit more personalized than just sticking kind of the gift card in there. Um, so And I love that idea because as we talked about in our last episode with the whole decision fatigue and Mm -hmm. you suddenly have a moment to read, but you have so many choices, you don't even know where to start. I love the idea of if you give somebody a gift card to one of these booksellers, and even, I know we talk about Amazon and Barnes and Noble a lot, but even support your independent bookstores too, because they Mm -hmm. totally will have those gift cards and those suggestions. I love the idea of giving that gift card and then giving the suggestion of here's a place to start. Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite independent bookstores in the world is book people in Austin. And so if somebody gave me a gift card to book people, like I could be lost for hours in there wandering around, figuring out the best place to spend it. But if somebody gave me a list of here's some things I think you would like, you probably have, might've heard of them, might not. And we, because we are so in this world Mm -hmm. often think, oh, well, everybody's heard of that author. You know, I've met that, I've had lunch with that author, Mm -hmm. you know, three or four times now, everybody. And then somebody else is like, oh, I've never heard of their books. And so spreading that word, because we, we isolate ourselves in here sometimes and don't realize that the whole world hasn't heard of these things. I love the idea of giving some direction with the gift card. Yeah. Like you don't realize it. Probably a lot of you who are listening to this are maybe the bookish guru in your people's lives. Like you are the person who knows all the books, right? So a casual reader 
often only knows what's in front of them or what they see at target when they're going to get their groceries and all of those things. Like we bookish types have dove. Yes. Dove deeper. I'm trying to think of my, sure. <laughs> my verbs. <laughs> I almost said divin. <laughs> yes. We work with words every day. <laughs> this, is, this is how we, we work. Conjugate the verb. Okay. But we have dove deeper into our book list. So we know things a little bit more obscure things or, you know, things that have missed the radar that weren't on the bestseller list and all of those things. So you can be that guru to somebody. There are even people that pay for this service to have books matched to them. So, you know, like pick their next TBR and all of those things. So this is a really a gift to somebody if they, you know, are a reader, but um, then you have those people in your life, which makes some of us sad, <laughs> but it's the non-reader. So I just put this in there because I want to warn you because I have been this person. <laughs> so if you have non-readers in your life, be careful buying books for them. Um, unless they're kids, then kids, we can do what we want to them <laughs> with yes. books. We can, we can force books upon them. Um, but with adults, sometimes you're buying the book for you because you want them to love reading like you do instead of actually a gift that they will like. Um, so please, you know, as hard as it is, don't force the books upon your people um, because that is a you issue. That is not a them issue. Um, but yeah. And that's so hard to accept because my kids are both readers. They both grew up, they grew up in a house where mom read everything. I was a language teacher for a long time. They just didn't have the choice of not mm. being readers. That just wasn't going to happen. But they both very much have their own opinions on what they want to read, which I don't know who thought it was a good idea to let them have opinions of any kind, especially now that they're both over 18. And right. But it's so hard because I will find a book and be like, no, this is perfect for you. This is, will you open it? Just open it. Just, you know, and um, especially with my son, we have very similar taste. And I have a book right now that I have pestered him pretty much once or twice a week for the past six months of, Hey, you want to read that? You should read that. It's a good book. You should read that. And now it's just a thing and he's not going to do it. So, um, by the way, the book is company assassin by Claudia blood. It's a really good book. He would enjoy it. Y'all should tell him that if you know him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I have a son who is a non-reader and I have done, he, you could say he didn't have a choice, but to be a reader. No, he could still have a choice because I have read to him every night, every day of his life. He's 14. So I still read to him at night. Um, and the only books he'll ever read on his own are diary of wimpy kid. And that is it. And I have tried everything. <laughs> so I'm not giving up. I'm still reading to him every night. He listens to the books, but he's never one to just go pick up a book. Um, so I think the universe tries to test us sometimes with giving us a child who's completely opposite of us because <laughs> he is the, All the time. opposite of me. <laughs> um, wonderful, wonderful kid, very talented and loves music. And so he's got his own artsy things, but books are not his jam. So I know each year I get him diary of a wimpy kid for his birthday because a new one comes out in November. And then I don't force books upon him <laughs> at Christmas time. So however, um, if you have somebody who you think there's a small window of opportunity, <laughs> there might be a crack in that shield um, <laughs> that they could be a reader, but they're not a big reader. Um, consider nonfiction because nonfiction can be a lot more um, gen generally palatable, I guess is the word. Like it, it can please a lot of different people with a lot of different taste. So 
if somebody likes cooking, for instance, you know, cookbooks, like people getting, like getting cookbooks and food memoirs, if they're into like watching those Anthony Bourdain type shows or, you know, cooking shows and all of that. So look for things that might match their interest, um, but in book form. So, well, in the cookbooks, we've talked before about how, you know, I don't, cookbooks aren't my thing, Mm -hmm. but um, our family does enjoy watching Bob's Burgers Mm-hmm. and in Bob's Burgers they run a restaurant and so a couple of years ago I think it was for Christmas my kids got my husband a Bob's Burger cookbook mm-hmm. because in the show there's a chalkboard behind the um, cash register that always has the burger of the day and so the burger of the days are all in this cookbook and he's made like two or three of them and they're really good yeah um the other thing I got is a uh, my kid is very into Dungeons and Dragons and he usually sends a list of he wants this guide or this book based on it or whatever, but I wanted to get him something kind of cool. But going back to the idea of if they're really into something, the chances of you getting them a book that's a surprise or a book that they haven't read is really hard. And short of going in and like scouring his room and taking pictures of everything, I found a Dungeons and Dragons cookbook. And it's actual like recipe. It doesn't require like eye of newt or anything. It's actual <laughs> recipes that you can make. And so he was very, very excited about that. Yeah, that's cool. I, uh, I also will say my husband who isn't a reader either, um, he loves music and he plays in a band and you know, all of that. So if I find a rock star memoir on audiobook, you know, read by the, the rock star himself or herself, um, he will listen to that if I hand it to him and say, you will like this, or this is, you know, Duff from Guns and Roses and, you know, it's his memoir. Right. He'll listen to that. So he proves my point of if somebody's a non-reader, but they really love a topic that there might be a little window of things that they would like to read or listen to. And audiobooks are also another option for people who aren't necessarily traditional readers, especially in nonfiction, because it's like listening to a really, really, really long podcast. <laughs> you know, an eight hour long audiobooks count audiobooks is reading 100%. And so think about what they're fascinated with and what they would like to, you know, learn more about. Also, if you have a big TV watcher or movie watcher, there are tons of nonfiction books about like deep dives into like the hundred best movies of all time or all the TV shows you should binge. I just got one. I should have, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but it goes into like the best binge watchable shows of the last 20 years or something. Um, I love a book about TV and movies. Like that's one of my zones. I know Don's laughing at me. It's like cookbooks. If it's about TV and movies, I'm buying it almost always because I love a list. I love the backstory of like how something got made or what was interesting about the movie. Um, and it makes me like want to watch more stuff. So those are usually big hits with people, even if they aren't a reader, if they really like, you know, streaming TV shows and movies and stuff. So, and Don, you had another one for us for the creative um, gift giver. You can create your own books. And before everybody, I'm not, I understand I'm an editor. You're an author. We're not trying to turn you all into authors. We could, <laughs> we have that power, but we're not trying to. Um, but one of the things I did for my niece when she was younger is I just use Shutterfly mm-hmm. and which is a picture service. And I would put in pictures of whatever I would have my sister-in-law send me pictures of whatever was going on in her life. And I would create a book for her every year. And so it started when she was very, very little. 
in every Christmas, she would be like, okay, where's, where's my book from Antoine, you know? Um, and then I would, and so like one of them was the ABCs and it was ABCs, but it was related to everything in her life. Oh, that's cute. You know, it was like the, the, um, at the time they had a dog named Thelma. And so T was for Thelma and that kind of thing. And then when she was going to be a big sister, I created a whole story about, uh, my daughter, you already had a younger sibling giving advice of being a big sister and that kind of thing. And so, and, and I finally, I stopped when she was 12, because at that point it was like, all right, I can't, I don't know what else to make your book about. And this here. is a story of your first kiss. Right. It's like, these are things I don't need to know. Um, I did. I was one of my big, big moments was that she took them all to show and tell at one point when she was Aww. in elementary school and showed, you know, like my aunt makes these books for me. And so you can make those, they're very short, they're easy. They don't have to be super well-written. The, especially if you have a reluctant reader and you're aiming towards a younger child, anything with their own name in it or pictures of people that they love or things mm-hmm. that they like, you can totally do that. The other thing is um, I would also make books every year of everything our family did that year. In just a short little snippet with pictures and that kind of thing. And my kids love those books because it's stuff they don't necessarily remember. Right. And there's a short little paragraph in there of, we went to the Fort Worth Zoo and you got to pet a stingray and, you know, it just goes through that. And if you're not good with doing those on your own, if you're, if you're thinking, okay, that's, I'm not a good storyteller, that kind of thing. Um, which I believe everybody can be a good storyteller. So, mm-hmm. and it's your story. So it feels more personal to the person you're giving it to. They do have guided books that you can get. And if you Google like fill in the blank books and it'll come up like fill in the blank books for mom, fill in the blank books for grandma, fill in the blank books. And so um, it has more guided things to help you share, especially if you're trying to put together like a collection of family stories or collection of family memories, it has questions to ask and it kind of leads you through it. So I love those. And um, there's one called, I wrote a book about you Mm -hmm. and it's a great, like you fill in, it's wonderful how you did this. My favorite memory of you is doing that. Some of the best times we've had together is this, but also the other fun thing with the whole create your own books, because again, we're into reading is reading and one of our goals of podcast of this podcast is to increase that reading and to give you experiences that are kind of reading adjacent. Mm-hmm. And there is a series called Wreck This Journal that it's a book and we've all been, you know, and you and I would be completely appalled at this because we keep our books on shelves and they're nice <laughs> and neat and you don't touch them and do not dog ear my pages. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of monster you think you are. <laughs> do not do that. The Wreck This Journal books are all about destroying a book. Mm. And so like the first page on one of them is there, there's little assignments on each page. And the first page is crack the spine right oh, now. God. Do it. <laughs> It's like crack this. I'm clutching my pearls. (laughs) Right. Crack the spine. And then another page in it might be, you know, find a way to freeze this page or Mm -hmm. drop, you know, put a drop of soda on this page. And so by the end, you have this book that's been destroyed, but it's still encouraged reading and it's still 
had that experience of interacting with the book. And so, yes, even though in our hearts, we're like, no, but, <laughs> but it's a great, especially if you've got the middle grade to teenage years, mm-hmm. yeah. highly recommend. No, it's a great idea. My son probably would have liked one of those because it takes the seriousness out of the reading, you know, it's right. just, yeah. So, all right. So those are our book specific gifts. If you're trying to buy a book for a person, but then there's this whole other wonderful area that I can get lost in of oh, bookish, yes. and bookish been, gifts. <laughs> so much money. <laughs> yes. Yes. So these are the gifts. I, if I'm going to receive a gift, I like these kind because it is hard to pick a book for me. Um, so these are all the things that kind of just are adjacent or help me buy books. The first one is obvious. We already talked about it, but bookstore gift cards, um, an ebook reader. If somebody doesn't have an ebook reader, they are life-changing for many people that, you know, especially as we get older with people's eyesight changing and, you know, just the portability of having an e-reader instead of having a place to put all the books and all of those things. So a lot of people who haven't been exposed to the e-reader or they just have read on their phone, um, and they get like a Kindle Paperwhite, which is a completely different experience from a backlit screen. It really can make somebody um, kind of fall in love with reading again of like, oh, this is easy. It's comfortable. My eyes don't get tired. I can make the print as big as I want. I can read in bed at night because there's a light to it. Um, so that can be a really good you know, gift or an upgrade. You know, If somebody already has an old e- e-reader and you want to upgrade theirs. So that's always an option. And we did this for my mom of she was an read everything and was very anti I don't want a Kindle why what would I do with the Kindle and I'm like looking at the eight bookshelves in her living room going I don't know mom I have no idea what you could do with a Kindle um and so I got her the very basic like just not not the tablet not mm-hmm. just very basic um I think it might have been a paper white reader and I got it for for Christmas and oh, I don't want this. Oh, why did you spend your money? You should just, and I was like, well, I've already downloaded books on it. So (laughs) you're stuck. (laughs) Here is your account. Here are your books. And then it took her about a week. So I'm just sharing this. So if you have that reluctance and that pushback there, but it took her about a week and then she showed up with a list (laughs) of, okay, how do I get these books onto here? And that's when I knew I had, my evil plan had worked. Yes. Yes. My mom has completely switched over too. So she was a reader when I was growing up. Um, I mean, she's who made me a reader, but she went through a time where she kind of wasn't reading very much anymore. And then when she got her Kindle, it like changed everything. And she hooked it up to her library and she's like the library master. She, she has like three different libraries she's a member of and like knows how to work all the systems and stuff. And um, so she's become a huge reader again because of the Kindle. So it really can be a big change for somebody, you know, if especially your parents and people who didn't grow up with, you know, technology of reading on screens and all of that. Um, if you do have somebody who is still anti-screen, another cheap little thing that you can get that's very helpful is a book light. So they have a diff- different brands, but the itty bitty book light was, I think the first mm-hmm. one that came out and it's just something that clips to your book and it's a little, you know, LED light that you can angle how you want it and read at night. So I have a book light because I do read, I'm about 50, 50 on ebook and print. So I do have a book light for times I need to read in the dark. Um, 
Then our next is an obvious one, but we love it so much. Dawn. <laughs> journals. You can get them a reading journal and they have the pre-made ones in the store, or you can buy them all the cool supplies to build their own. And of course they need cool pins. You need stickers, you need washi, um, which I've already, I know what Santa's going to put in my stocking this year, and it's going to be bookish stickers and washi and stencils, because, you know, we have our, my epiphany about stencils. Right. Yeah. And this is a good thing for stocking stuffers. So if you do have somebody, you know, in your household that um, likes these kinds of things, pins and all that fit really nicely and a little journal would fit, you know, in there too. So um, if you want any tips on actual products for reading journals or any of that. We had that whole episode that y'all can go listen to where we completely nerded out about specific types of pens and specific types of notebooks. And so go to that episode and look at all the different things. If you need ideas, um, we have all the links in the show notes for that one too. So, um, and then another option is a book bow. So B E A U. Um, it's, you get these, I believe you can order them directly from her website, but you can also, I think maybe get them on Etsy and there are different brands, but the ones I've gotten are called Bookbow, and it's a handmade fabric pouch. So it's like a little envelope and you can get it in hardcover size, or you can get one for your Kindle or paperback size. Um, and they're really colorful usually and have all kinds of different fabrics you can choose from and they're inexpensive and it's, you know, a handmade product. So you're getting something, um, that somebody can't just pick up at the store and it's so that you can slide your book or your e-reader into your purse or bag and not have it be damaged, especially if you're carrying around paperbacks. You know, if you put that in your purse, it's going to get all messed up. Or if you're carrying library books around that you want to protect, um, it's really, you know, a fun item to have. And I have a couple of them. And one of mine is um, Alice in Wonderland theme. So it's got little Alice's and stuff on it. And it's, it's super cute. So yeah, there's all kinds of fun things you can do with it. And they have ones that would be cute for kids too. So if you have reader children, um, it's also a cute option. So. Well, and all of those things go, and you know, Etsy, I can lose hours on Etsy, but just if you Google or uh, put in the search there, book gifts for book lovers or that kind of thing, they have scarves that have pages or quotes printed on it from the books. Um, there's, uh, I have typewriter earrings that my husband got me and I just love them. And one of my clients got me a, a charm bracelet that has different book covers on the charms and that kind of thing. So there's all of those kind of cute, cool, it brings what they like into their outside world of just rather than just sitting there reading gifts. Yeah. And the nice thing about Etsy too, is, you know, you're supporting, you know, a home business an independent business. It's a lot of times moms at home doing these things on the side while they're, you know, staying home with their kids. So you feel good about supporting people who are out there doing these things um, and, you know, trying to be creative. I have a pin that says literary AF. I got to look up where, where I got that one, but it's a very nice pin. And it had other sayings that were similar to that. But one of my favorite bookish things to have on my desk is I have um, coffee mugs that are book themed. Now I don't drink out of a coffee mug. I drink iced coffee. So I have one of the tall, like insulated things, but these mugs hold all of my pins and colored pins. And because I have so many, I'll have to put a picture on, on the show notes, but I have so many, I have three mugs and I'm short now I need another mug, but I have, <laughs> I have one that's a banned books mug. So it has the titles of all the banned books. And then I have a first lines one from the same company. So it's, you know, a bunch of first lines written in all different colors and stuff. And then I have one that's just like book spines of classics. So you can find these on Amazon in different places. You can find them probably, you know, at your bookstores, 
but they're really cute on my desk. So it's a good, it's a good, easy gift um, for a book, book lover. Well, and the other fun thing is socks because you know, we talked about in our, our, um, fuzzy socks, fuzzy, so- fuzzy socks book, but like I have socks that are look like the library cards. And then I have socks that have banned books on them. And the one sock has the name and then the other sock, all the names are blacked out because they're banned books. So you can find all sorts of fun things like that. Yeah. And if you want something a little bigger, um, it's, if you go online at all and search book cart, like on Instagram or whatever, it's not called a book cart. So I will go in and link um, to the one I have, but I think it started as an Ikea cart and now they have people that you know have make other kinds of it, but it's a little three tiered cart on wheels and it's got three little trays that are high enough sided that you can put books in them. And so a lot of people call it a TBR cart. So if you go and look, you can search that too, but it makes me feel like I have a little library cart in my office. <laughs> because I put the books that are in the newest, the ones that I want to read next on there and it, it rolls and it's cute and it sits on the side of my desk and I'll take a picture of that too. I, I'm going to, ha- I'm giving myself all this work for the show notes, you guys, like all these pictures, but they're really cheap. I think I bought this one for less than $50. They're really easy to assemble. You just a couple of screws and you're good to go. If I can assemble it, anyone can, because I'm not mechanically inclined. Um, but if you have somebody in your life who you know would really get a thrill out of pushing around a little cart of books in their office, it's a good gift. Um, well, and we get excited about things like that. Yes, I, I fully nerded out about it. But um, And then if you want something smaller, if you don't need a whole book cart, there's all kinds of book tote bags that are you know themed with all kinds of different lines or books or book spines or cats with a book on, you know, you can find so many of them. So I got one for um, from Barnes and Noble it came like discounted or whatever with my order. And it just says, um, wish list, books, 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 and more time to read. And it's a big tote bag. That's like furry for the winter and stuff. So you can bring it to the library or whatever, but, um, yeah, all kinds of options there. And then, well, and go ahead. I, I was always fascinated at the library by the stamps. Yes. I just bought myself a stamp. So I got this idea from Austin Cleon, who is a like an artist online and I follow his uh, newsletter, but it's the little stamp in the back of the book that they would put the due date. So they still make those <laughs> and they have self-inking one now. So you don't have to have like the separate stamp or thing, mm-hmm. but mine is, I don't know how to pronounce the brand name. It's Myceo, M-I-S-E-Y-O. And um, sure. I, got it, I got it on Amazon, but I bought it before I knew what I would use it for, (laughs) you know, like, I'm like, I just need this in my life, Um, (laughs) obviously, but what I've been doing is I'm doing that romantic movie marathon for my newsletter. And so I write, when I watch a movie, I write out my notes on what I'm going to say in my newsletter about it. And I've been stamping the date with, you know, the little stamper on when I watch the movie. So I've using it that way. And it looks so cute on the page, (laughs) you know, and then I have a planner and some of the pages, um, or blank, like they're not dated for, you know, the next month. So I'm going to use it in that. So there's all kinds of different ways I'm finding that it's useful. So for $15 or whatever I paid for it, totally worth it. I want to stamp all the things. I want to stamp the date on all the things. (laughs) Well, and if you do like the, this book belongs to stamp or Mm -hmm. a sheet of stickers, because you can get personalized stickers of this book is from the library of Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, especially if you have somebody who has a large collection and likes to loan them out, but wants to get them back. Right. 
Yes, there's actually, I didn't have this on our list, but um, there's actually a library checkout kit I think you can buy where in your own books, you can put little cards <laughs> and have people like sign out your books and bring them back. I'm really bad about lending out books. I'm like paranoid that they're going to damage it. <laughs> so yes. I'm, like a, I'm Scrooge McDuck with all of my books. Like, no, you can't. I'll just buy you your own copy. Um, yeah, so that, that's, you know, a fun thing. And then speaking of libraries, I think I had mentioned on a previous episode that for my birthday, I had my husband take me to an out of my town library um, so that I can get a card and you can pay, you know, at an out of town library to get a card in that one. And then it opened up my library catalog to so many more books. So Dawn has a bug in her office. <laughs> it is currently... I have a really big fly that decided it wanted to be my friend. So. She's currently swinging her arms around, but yes. So for instance, you know, the one I got was $50, but it's for a year and it's a huge library catalog and you don't have to live in the state. So if you Google um, out of town library cards, a lot of different areas um, will, you know, accept you from out of town as long as you pay the fee. Um, so that gives you access to the eBooks. Obviously you can't get, you know, a card in Florida if you live in there and get their regular books, right. but eBook catalog. Um, also, I wanted to note Dawn with your stickers in the backs of the book. When we went to our used bookstore adventure, Dawn had somebody have a sticker in one of their books with their address. And she went and Googled the person because this is what Dawn does. <laughs> I had to know who had read this book before me and who, who liked the book enough that they stuck. Well, and it had their name and uh, I actually have this book sitting by my desk for another reason, but um, it had their name and their address in it. Mm -hmm. And so I did Google it and it turned out it was an older woman. She passed away in March. I promised her that I would keep her book safe and take good care of it. Um, but it was really interesting to be like, oh, I would have totally hung out with you and we could have totally talked about these books. And I really want to know how your book made it from Maine all the way to a bookstore in a fairly small town in Texas yeah. in and then we created a whole, a whole backstory for her because that's what we do. <laughs> right. But also PSA, if you put your address in your books and then donate them to a used bookstore, whoever buys it, if they're like Dawn, is going to be internet stalking you. <laughs> yes. I'm going to come looking for you. So you need to at least block out your address. And if yeah. you have, this person had a distinctive last name um, that made it pretty easy to find. Mm -hmm. So it, be aware of that. Yes. You've been warned. Um, all right. And then one of my favorite things, um, I gift it to myself. Usually I haven't gotten this as a gift, but, um, I just bought me another one for my own Christmas present, but our book subscriptions. So Dawn, you're not a book subscription person as of yet, right? As of yet. No, I am not. I'm going to convince you. I'm going to, I think I'm going to convince you on this because <laughs> what is more fun than getting mail that's surprise and it's a book <laughs> like like I get the Amazon prime free reads every month and I always scan through those. And I, so far I've bought like one of them. Okay. So you can't count those. I literally never get one of those. And the ones that I did get, and no offense to any of the authors who are writing those, I'm really sorry, but there's something about the Amazon first reads books that they sound them like the most unappealing books ever. I don't know what it is about the back cover copy or something, but like they're free and you know, free because we're subscribers, but I, I start, I used to get one, I would say like, okay, well, they're free. I'm going to get one. And then I literally never read them. So when I did that TBR clean out thing, I took them all off and now I don't get any, unless like something really, really jumps out at me, but I have yet to read one. So you cannot gauge other book subscriptions by that one, because I think 
it's just, it's a weird combo of books there, but I'm going to do my pitch to Dawn on these, but I'll be talking for a few minutes since Dawn doesn't do these, but okay. Book of the month is the one that's the most popular and you've probably heard of it. If you're a bookish person, um, they revamped book of the month years ago because it, it's been around for a long, long time, but it had kind of gone away, but it came back and I've been a member since the very beginning, I think the first year that it came back. And the good thing about book of the month is they choose five books a month. It's usually from a bunch of different kinds of zones. So usually you get um, a thriller almost every month. Now they're starting to do a romance a month. It was not like that when it first started. This is probably in the last two years that it's been a romance option. And then some literary fiction, sometimes some nonfiction, historical fiction. So it's your kind of bigger books sometimes, you know, your more serious books too. And what I like is you can choose which one you want. So you get to pick a five. And then if you, they have add-ons and a lot of times these are, I mean, these are all new releases, but a lot of times it's before they even release to the rest of the world. Um, and it's a beautiful hardcover copy that's special edition for book of the month. And you get it for your subscriptions, $15.99 a month. So a hardcover for sure costs more than that. Usually a brand new, new release hardcover is $25 to $30. Right. So $15.99, you get that. And then any add-on, you can have two add-ons is $9.99. So it's a really good deal if you like hardcover books and you like new releases. So I've been a continuous member um, for years and you can skip months and not get charged. So that's the other bonus. Like this month for December, I didn't want one. So I skipped it. I don't get charged, but I'm still a member. So if you like a variety of stuff, if you're not just a one genre reader, or if you're a one genre reader and you like thrillers, then there's almost always, always a thriller. Um, but yeah, it's a great gift. You can, I think you can get money off right now if you give it as a gift and, um, and it's not a huge commitment in the sense that you can skip if you don't like it. And it's not a surprise. It's a surprise what they're going to pick, but you know what you're going to, you choose and you know what's coming in the mail. So other book, book subscriptions that I'm going to talk about aren't necessarily like that. So that's my pitch for book of the month. Um, my next one is the book drop. So this is an independent bookstore that runs this one and they have different types of subscriptions. Full disclosure, they picked one of my books this year in March. They picked Yes and I Love You for their romance subscription. So obviously they have extremely good taste. <laughs> obviously, clearly they know what they are doing. Yes. So what I like about this is it is a hand-chosen book. So it is an independent bookstore who's saying, this is a book we really think our readers would like. Um, and I like that curated sense because sometimes book subscription boxes might be this is the book the publisher is going to give us free copies of as a promotional item, like, which are fine, but it's not a curated book. That's just, here's a book, you know? So I like that this is curated. Um, now I just signed up for a subscription because I told Dawn yesterday or day before when I was researching this episode and doing all the notes, I'm like, I went and looked up all the subscriptions and somehow accidentally a six month subscription to the book drop <laughs> fell into my cart. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. And, and once it does that, you have to give it a good home. I mean, you yeah. can't just, can't just kick it out of the cart once it's there. No. So I am now a new subscribing member to the book drop. Um, and their different subscriptions are, I love how they kind of divide them up. It's called books for tea is book club fiction books for bubbly, which is the one I signed up for as romance and women's fiction books for coffee is thrillers and mysteries books for elixir is fantasy. And then there's also, um, subscriptions for YA, middle grade and kid books. So you can mix and match between two types. So if you want like romance and thrillers, they'll alternate months. 
so you can have bubbly one wall yeah so i really like the flexibility of that it's 16 dollars a month plus shipping i believe is the price on that one um and it's a surprise so you don't know what book you're getting you don't select it you just have picked your genre um, and so you're going to get a nice little package in the mail and surprise open, you know, a book and it's going to be a new release because, um, they're all, you know, going to be new releases. So I really am excited and I will report back, um, as I go through the next six months, how I've enjoyed the subscription. So that's the book drop. And then you also know you're supporting an independent bookstore, which is just a nice thing to do. Yes. So, yeah. Um, and then there, another independent bookstore that does a subscription is the shelf subscription from the bookshelf in Thomasville, Georgia. So their subscription are based on the name of the bookseller and are themed. Um, so like I said, when you go in a independent bookstore, there's often those shelf talkers. So it's their individual booksellers that are saying, I like this book because. So this is basically that, except they're sending you that book. Um, and the, my one caveat is there's no romancy one on here. So I looked at the different bookseller ones, like I think one's called like the Olivia and it's mostly thrillers and mystery. And like, it would be perfect for you, Dawn. And I actually liked a lot of the books. You can look and see what they've picked in the past. So you can get a feel for if you like it or not. Um, but you can pick one and see, and you get, you know, again, a bone, a surprise. So you don't know what it's going to be until it arrives. Um, but maybe you have a book twin there. So if you go and read their, what their tastes are, um, you can find the one for you. But Dawn, you had one subscription that you wanted to talk about, right? Yeah, I think I love the idea of these. And a couple of years ago, I was looking into getting um, something similar for uh, my niece and nephews for Christmas and they have Owl Crate. And it's mostly geared towards like middle grade and teenagers. They, they say that it's 14 plus. So if you read like YA, mm -hmm. then you would um, enjoy the 14 plus box. But it's cool because it's a book. You don't know what book you're getting. And you can look and see what the previous boxes are, but it's a book. Plus they put a lot of little gifts that go with that book in there together. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing a lot of authors do this as well right now. Like um, Colleen Hoover has her, the bookworm box. They have that kind of subscription. Brenda Novak has hers. If you're looking for adult romance type things. They also have good um, taste because she picked my book too. <laughs> yes. Yes. See, so, you know, you know that you already are going to like her. And they put in cool little things to go with the book as a little extra. And I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. And what's cool about the Brenda Novak one, because I did get to have a, my, what if you and me book was in that um, for one of her months this year. And what's fun about that one is she interviews the author. So not only do you get the book, but you get the experience of, you know, the live interview with the author and like some extras, you know, kind of interaction stuff like a book club versus um, just getting the book. So that was a nice um, little addition to that. And then if you have, you know, people who like audiobooks, you can get a subscription for them to Audible, obviously is the Amazon one, but there's also Libro FM, Libro.FM, um, where you can get audiobooks and you can pick the independent bookstore that will be supported by your audiobook purchase. So if you have a local independent, or if you don't have a local independent and just want to pick a bookstore to support um, somewhere in the country, it's a good way to um, do that and still get your audiobooks. And then obviously Kindle Unlimited subscription. We've talked about that a little bit. You get any book that's on Kindle Unlimited, you can download. Um, and there are a couple of little extra bonuses to that as well. So you can buy all of that. People will probably be very thankful if they're a bookish person in your life to get any of those things. Because a lot of times I think two subscriptions, people don't buy them for themselves. If you're not me, um, 
a lot of people, it seems frivolous. So it might take somebody giving it to them in order to, you know, enjoy it. So, well, and sometimes frivolous is what you need. Like you said, just that, oh, this is mail that isn't, you know, my Amazon subscription tied and isn't going to want me to give them money. It's something cool that I get to play with. So, and, and then we talked about like, go for the gold type gifts for your bookish people. And these are like, this is something you would do for a spouse or somebody you really, really enjoy. And so um, going and touring the setting of a book, like if the book takes place in North Carolina, you go to wherever that is. I think that would be so fun. Yeah. And I haven't done this for a book, but my husband did bring me to the Dirty Dancing Resort for a vacation. It was the same kind of thing. He was like, this is a gift to you. Because I mean, obviously he has no interest in going to the Dirty Dancing Resort. It's beautiful, you guys. But, um, you know, huge gift to stay in baby's cabin and to see all the, like, I just, it, it was a life moment for me. So you definitely, if, as a gift for somebody else would be a huge deal. Now, this is an expensive gift. So it needs to be yes. somebody that you really love. Well, and as far as the baby going, staying in baby's cabin, I may or may not have tried to fit myself into <laughs> Ronnie's suitcase. And all I can say is she needs to invest in bigger luggage. That just needs to happen because, right. Yeah. Um, and so if you don't want to go to, if you can't go to the place, recreating some kind of event or some kind of scene from the book, or if there's something that they cook, or if there's something specifically that they make, or they spend the night watching this movie. Yeah. Those of us who have books that we adore, we would love that. Yes. If my husband is listening, um, I would totally accept a trip to Scotland in honor of Outlander. I mean, honestly, like, you know, Again, she needs to buy bigger luggage and maybe poke some holes in it because I don't know how that cargo hold is handled. On the maybe just me and you will go to Scotland and just leave the husband at home. Right. Well, and one thing that we have done several times together is going to a fan conference or going to a book signing. Um, one of the things that was great back when we were having these things in person is often I will go with Ronnie and act as her assistant for her book signings. And we were at a couple where they would bring up like a stack of Ronnie's books. And it's this man walking <laughs> yeah. up with this woman who is thrilled. And this is the best moment. She has been waiting for this. He is now her favorite person in the whole wide world. And he's, and it reminds me of that. I carried your books to class type thing. <laughs> right. Of, he just has a stack of books that he just sits down and steps back and watches her have her whole moment. So any men looking for suggestions, that's a good way to a woman's heart right there. Yeah. And once we're back to having conferences and stuff, that really is a huge deal to a reader to go because you get lots of free books. And I mean, like stacks and stacks and suitcases of books. Um, and then you get them all signed by all the authors that, you know, you could possibly want to get signed by. So it is, yeah, definitely a good gift. Um, and then if you are the person receiving the gift. So if you are the bookish person in your life, <laughs> as we've just talked about, it's hard sometimes to buy books for people. So make it easy on your family and friends. Use those things like Amazon wishlist to put the books that you want. And you'll still be surprised because you don't know what they're going to get, you know, off the list, but keep your list updated. If you buy the book for yourself, um, take, it, take off. it off. Yeah. <laughs> but make it publicly viewable. Say, Hey, if you know, if you want to buy me something, I have this list of books that I, you know, I have that I would like. So give, give them the, the way and they will give you the books. 
Yes. Oh. I have found the men in my life work very well with a list. Mm-hmm. Yes. If I'm like here now I have to, I do have to, um, specify because I am very spoiled. Don't buy me all of these, right? <laughs> these are, these are just, you know, pick a few surprise mm-hmm. me. Yes. Um, because there was one year I put colored pens on my list because I love colored pens. We know this. And I offhandedly made the comment when my husband looked at the list that you can't have too many colored pens. Oh. <laughs> I ended up with over 120. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because he took that as some kind of challenge. <laughs> now, has that stopped me from buying more? No, that was like five years ago. Right. I have thousands at this point. But these people work well with a list and so help them out. And like you said, also, when you do buy it for yourself, take it off. Have you asked for any bookish gifts for Christmas? I have a few things on my list of um, things for my reading journal. All right. So I do have a few things. I bought myself an Apple computer. That's my gift. <laughs> so I told my husband, I'm like, what you're getting me for Christmas since we don't do gifts. But I'm like, what you're getting me for Christmas is a new Mac. And he's like, okay. So <laughs> my new Mac will be here by Christmas. And I will not have to shake my fist at my computer for being slow anymore. So that's my my big Christmas gift um, that technically I gave myself, but you know, I'm going to give my credit <laughs> to my husband. Very so. nice. Very nice. He has great taste. Yes, great, he, totally great taste. Does. he totally does. All right. So that brings us to our rad reading recs of the week. And I would like to put a plug in for our rad reading recs. If you're looking to buy a book for somebody, go on our webpage and look at our yes. rad reading recs. It's our favorite, favorite, favorites. Um, and mine that I'm going to mention today is definitely an easy gift giving book that a lot of different people would like across a lot of different moods and genres and things. So Dawn, why don't you start us off with your pick? Well, and I'm going to start off by saying too, if you are looking at our Rad Rex and you have questions about them, hit us up on social media because we will totally, we'll talk about books anytime about any book. And if we haven't read it, we will totally research into it. But especially these books, we can talk about these books all day long. So Mm -hmm. if you have a question about, is it appropriate for this age or does it have language in it? Or what are the love scenes like? We will totally just spew everything out for you on that. The question, does it have language in it is probably always yes, though. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Unless we specify this is a middle grade or this is a clean YA. Yeah. Language. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the book that I am suggesting for this week is Blame by Jeff Abbott. And this is, I think it's actually listed as a YA. It didn't really read YA-ish to me, but it is about a girl who is in a car accident and the car accident kills her best friend or kills a friend. Mm-hmm. And the book starts... I think it's two or three years later and she has no memory of the accident. She doesn't know why they were in that car together. She doesn't know what happened. And so she has no memory of the years before, about a year before that up to the accident through her recovery. And so it's very interesting because everyone blames her for the accident. Mm. There are reasons that they think she caused the accident on purpose And it's the idea of if you don't know what the truth is, you have to accept what everyone else around you is telling you. Mm -hmm. And there's characters who will come up to her and be like, no, we were totally friends. You know, we went and did this together and she has no memory of them. Mm -hmm. And so it's a mystery of her figuring out 
what exactly happened? Who can I trust? Who can I not trust? It was very written in the Christopher Pike, Lois Duncan type style, but it had kind of a dark side to it too, which is why I'm saying it didn't really read like a YA and it's very fast paced. Like I read it and what I loved about this book is because I do read so much mystery, stroller and suspense. Ronnie knows this. I'm constantly texting her being like, this person did it. And Ronnie's like, I haven't read the book, but sure. You want to go with that person did it? I, I will note your observation until you get to the end. And I was completely wrong about everything in this book. And I loved that feeling because you didn't feel cheated by being completely wrong. Nothing dropped out of the sky at the end that randomly went, this is, you know, oh, aliens. That didn't happen. Whenever you found out what, what you were wrong about, it all went back and made sense. Nice. I think you've sold me on that. I love an amnesia plot. They're used a lot in old romance. <laughs> so, you know, or think about like the movie Overboard, you know, like, no, we're together. We totally like each other. Like, I love an amnesia plot. There's a, a Faded Mates episode, the podcast Faded Mates, where they go over amnesia plots and romance. And they would talk about how amnesia actually isn't really a thing. Long-term amnesia like that is not a thing in real medical science, but in fiction, it's just all over the place. You lose yes. years. <laughs> Well, in, in, in soap operas, when we were all younger, yes, I really thought it was going to be a bigger problem in life that you were going to run <laughs> into people who didn't remember things, but okay. it really isn't. Although this next book I'm going to talk about, Dawn brought up a memory that I had no recollection of. So maybe <laughs> I have amnesia and don't know it. Um, my book is The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin. So it is not a new book. It's been around for a decade. Um, but the subtitle of it is The Happiness Project, or why I spent a year trying to sing in the morning, clean my closets, fight right, read Aristotle, and generally have more fun. So most people have probably heard of Gretchen Rubin, but this is a stunt book. Um, it's what they call books when people take a year to do something. So, you know, Eat, Pray, Love is a stunt book and Year of Yes is a stunt book and all those things. So I love a stunt book. Like I love the concept of, I'm going to take this year and do this challenge. It appeals to like the achiever personality for me. Like it's a list to check off. And so Gretchen Rubin goes through a year in her life and each month she picks like a theme of something that she's going to focus on that she thinks will make her life a little happier. Um, and so it might be something simple like cleaning out her closets and focusing on organization that month or um, learning how to fight correctly with her husband, you know, or argue. So I love kind of each month was broken down and she had these tasks and she shows you how you can do your own happiness project. It doesn't have to be what she did. So you have to personalize it to you and what would make your life a little better. Um, and I love everything she writes. So when I was trying to decide what I wanted on the list, I decided to go with her first one, but her happier at home book is great. Um, her better than before on habits is great. So anything I, I've picked up by her, I've gotten something from. Um, but the happiness project is a great one to read at the beginning of, or the end of one year, the start of another one, because if you're going to plan a project, I'm very much about new year, January 1st. Like some people find that arbitrary. I do not like, I really feel the definition of a new year. Like I love to set fresh goals and get that, you know, fresh reading challenges and all of those things really, really appeal to me. Um, so this book, I go back to sometimes and just flip through it. If you have somebody in your life who isn't a huge reader, but likes kind of that, you know, self-helpy, uh, uplifting, I mean, who doesn't want to be a little happier? Like we can all use that. Right. Um, so, and then she has a great podcast, so you can pair that if you end up reading the book. Um, she talks a lot about the stuff from it in her podcast, but the reason why I'm saying I have amnesia is 
Don and I went to a library event a couple of years ago and I actually met Gretchen Rubin and had completely forgotten until yesterday when Don's like, who is this in this picture? I was scanning through my pictures looking for a specific picture of something else. And I come across this picture of Ronnie standing at a table with this woman clearly signing a book. And I'm like, who is this? Where was this picture taken? And then I remembered we had gone to see Gretchen Rubin and I took a picture of Ronnie while she was standing there getting her book signed. And so that will be on our social media with this, this episode. So y'all can see that it was from 2017, I think is when we decided that it happened. Yeah. If you had asked me yesterday, what year did this happen in? I could have said 2008 to two, like to 2019. I had no clue. Like it's in the before times it was before pandemic that all is a blend now of yes. before times. Um, but this proves how good of a friend Don is because I don't think Don has ever read anything by Gretchen Rubin, but I was just like, Don, there's this author I really, really love. And I would like to go to the library and I don't want to go by myself. <laughs> and she's like, totally. I'm there. <laughs> yeah. I'm always down for that. Let's go yes. do that. Yes. So, all right, you guys, that's our rad reading recs of the week. Um, I believe this episode will come out. I think this, we still have one before Christmas. I've lost track of our time, yes. but if not, um, if you're in your holiday shopping season, Good luck with all that. Don't get run over in the store. Um, Yes. Thank you for listening and please share and subscribe. And if you want to rate us, that would be a great Christmas present to us. If you want to give us some stars and also our Instagram is very, very lonely right now. We are, we have very few followers. And so if you would like to follow us on Instagram, <laughs> we would really so appreciate it. Because, <laughs> and we don't know who, who to follow yet. So if you want us to follow you, we will follow you. That's okay. We are good with that. Pop by our Facebook page and let us know what bookish gifts you are giving this year or what bookish gifts you want to have this mm-hmm. year. And then feel free to screenshot that and send it to whoever could purchase that for you. We are right. totally willing to enable you in that situation. And then next week, I was going to say also, if you listen to this late and you've already gotten your bookish Christmas gift and it was something great, please share that with us so we can go spend our gift cards. <laughs> yes. Cause we're always looking for those. <laughs> All right. And make sure you join us next week because Dawn and I are going to be diligently looking over the next week, what our favorite books of 2021 were and sharing them with you guys. Now, when I say favorite books of 2021, that doesn't mean they were published in 2021, just the favorites that we've read this year. So it might look a little different from the other 2021 list you're looking at out there, but make sure you join us for that. And until next time, we hope every read that you pick up is rad reading. Thanks you guys. Bye. Hi. And there are people that pay for these services to match books to them. Like Butch, ma- Butch, book. <laughs> let's, let's start that over. <laughs> That'd be a whole other service. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That's getting cut. But anyway. <laughs> And next week we are talking about, <laughs> I have no clue what we are talking about next week. Things. We were thinking things, very important things. <laughs>